0: Welcome to the Another Startup Story podcast. Welcome, my name is Carmen. And today, together we'll explore and enjoy content and conversations about entrepreneurship and creativity in our careers, our businesses and passions, and especially our visions and missions. And you are invited to learn a lesson with me today. So welcome back to the podcast. Today, I am very privileged to introduce J.E., who is our very special guest today. And she is Miss Universe twenty eighteen runner up, um, and she's also a model and a creative entrepreneur, of which we'll dive deep into a bit later on. With just over one hundred and five k followers on Instagram, um, she's also a very well known cycling instructor and the owner of a swimwear label, Sorakini. So today we're going to talk about how she's built a strong reputation in the world of fitness here in Southeast Asia, um, pageant life, and you know the real truth behind what it's like to be an influencer in today's generation. So, yeah, welcome to the show. How are you doing today? Hi, Cameron. I'm really good. <laughs> good. So do you want to introduce yourself uh, to the listener and just tell us how you kind of got to where you are today?
1: Hey, it's Tia and most people know me by the name of JE. I'm 24 this year, fitness junkie. Probably been working out since I was a little girl. Wow. So many things have happened to me to get here. I think I'll just say that I've always been someone who liked to do the scary things, to do the fun things, and to do something different. Mm. So I left the advertising industry, which was pretty much what I studied in university, right. and set to be a full-time fitness trainer, We um, bar and also Absolute Cycle, so spin and bar. And in fact, I got offered a promotion in my corporate job right at the same time when I got a position at Absolute Cycle. So that was really tricky. I had to choose.
0: Yeah. So were you working in advertising, say so after uni? Yeah. How long for, were you what, For
1: about a year. And I realised that it was not quite for me. It was too yeah. structured. It was a- too structured. At which point anyway. <laughs> did you
0: realise it was not for you?
1: <laughs> like halfway through. I was like, okay, the first month, the <laughs> first month came out. Really?
0: Yeah. Wow. Yeah. So then what did you do? You just quit it with nothing no, to fall I was, back on? Or?
1: I was still in it and then I worked out out of work before and after work. Wow. Then I, I met SPIN, Rhythm Cycling and Absolute Cycle. I thought the instructors were really cool. Yeah. And I'm like, I want to be like them. Okay, let's do it.
0: Yeah. So you quit advertising, went into fitness. And then how did the idea for, you know, Miss Universe come about? When did you apply?
1: It was all like within the same time period. I was in Bangkok for training to become a spin trainer. So the studio sent us to Bangkok to train and yeah. and then one of my friends actually submitted my application for me. <laughs> and then I got an email saying that I got shortlisted and I had to fly back to Singapore and cut my training short. Oh my gosh. So crazy. the studio was really kind to offer me like to allow me to fly back to Singapore and do my training in Singapore. Yeah. So I came back to Singapore, did the auditions I got through and well, no, everything just
0: happened. That's <laughs> crazy. And how long ago was this? That was just a year ago. Oh, this was only a year ago. Yeah. Wow. So it's 2018. 2018. Right? Yeah. yeah. And, and what did they make you do in the audition? <laughs> do you remember?
1: It was quite emotional. They made us share our own story.
0: Wow. And
1: of course, you had to do a couple of walks. And I yep, think yep. for my year, they were looking for women with like, not just the appearance, but also substance like with a yeah, story to tell. And the cost that he sent yeah
0: and it's interesting you say that point because you know there is this obvious stereotype with beauty queens that have no substance and i remember when i had one Miss of asia back in 2013 and i don't really tell many people this because <laughs> like to be honest i felt quite self-conscious at the time because I was studying for my accountancy qualification at the time, so it was two very conflicting, two completely different worlds. So I was going into work in my nine to five and working as an accountant essentially, so very corporate and professional. And then on the side, after having winning, I had a lot of modeling contracts that came through and just the way that the different people would treat me was so contrasting. And, And so my question really is would you say you've experienced a similar thing in the way that people treat you and how do you handle these kind of preconceptions people have of you
1: I think I'm the lucky one I am aware of such preconceptions but I haven't had to deal with anything like that I think because I already had a I already had a brand built around me on social at least mm, um, before
0: fit around fitness yeah,
1: before this whole pageant this pageant thing came about yeah. so Anyway, I'm I, my personality. I'm not one to get bothered by external comments. So mm-hmm. and it's not like every, anyone comes to me to. No one treats me differently, basically. So I think I'm blessed. But that said, I don't believe in that stereotype anymore. Yeah. Because for my year, the friends that I met, they were all like amazing women in their own right, like beautiful yeah. and brilliant. Mm-hmm. Like we had lawyers, we had mm-hmm. real estate agents that are like wow. the best in the industry. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Entrepreneurs, so. I don't think that holds anymore.
0: Yeah, it was more kind of backdated. This was a few years ago when I was there. Like, but even then, when I was uh, in the pageant, again, the people that I met, the other candidates, they were super intelligent. But I think it's just this whole preconceived yeah. idea, and people just stigmatise you yeah. as that. Um, <laughs> uh, yeah. So I guess. Well one of the things that I admire about you is that you've been financially independent from such a young age um, and you've been juggling certain part-time jobs to pay for school fees and so ha- tell me a bit about your journey um, your, your professional journey up until now. Um, well I, I wouldn't call it
1: very professional <laughs> so basically I did four different part-time jobs when I was working when I was studying in uni- university uh, waitressing, saying yes. I even worked in Zook for a little while, just so that I could maximize twenty-four so hours. So for our
0: listeners, Zook is a club in Singapore, right?
1: Yeah, Zook is a club in Singapore. So I basically wo- worked in any industry you can think of,
0: <laughs> even a <the> logistics
1: <laughs> company, like as a part-time worker. Yeah. While
0: she was studying, yeah, to pay for studies,
1: to pay for school fees. Wow. So I did tutoring as well. I taught in um, centers. I taught one-to-one.
0: Yeah, you know,
1: just so that I can maximize. 24 hours and make as much money as I can to pay off the loans.
0: Yeah, yeah. Um, and I think it takes that certain level of focus and resilience um, and character and individual to kind of cultivate this drive um, and want to make their mark on the world. What do you think has taught you this way? Um, and have there been any specific childhood influences that have contributed to this? I really think it was just uh, the situation that I was put
1: in, you see. so. At home, we're all taught to be very independent. My parents are always out working, so we're very much on our own. And at my lowest point, financially, I had only a couple of cents in my bank account. So that was when I was about 18.
0: Wow. Yeah,
1: I was really broke. So I guess situations like that will force you to step out and step up.
0: Yeah, yeah. absolutely. And so, so now you have your own bikini uh, brand, yeah. right? Congratulations. Thank you. How long have you been running that for? About officially two years, two years. Two years now, yeah. yeah. And so you started this before uh, you won Miss Universe. Way before I started Right, interesting. And so you have, have you had a background in business? Not at all. So <laughs> tell me how, you know, you've launched this beautiful, like, swimwear brand. And without a background in business, how, what were the difficulties and what were the challenges that you faced and how did you overcome this?
1: Well, I guess because I studied a little bit of communications and design, so things like coding, it's okay, not an issue. Website design is not an issue. I think it lies with um, admin and capital. <laughs> capital, <laughs> I think capital yeah. shouldn't be an issue now that I've I've been to everything and learned. Like you could get people to invest. Yeah. but um, back then as a student capital was the main issue yeah. I mean I was struggling to pay off my school loans and at the same time I had to throw money in to start a line
0: so you were still a student at the other yeah. time wow yeah. so how did you talk us through the investor kind of process mm-hmm. did you kind of reach out to investors no
1: in the end um, I only figured out this investor thing it was more like a learning Perf, process, yeah. process right so at the start I was just I'm going to do everything on my own oh so my gosh
0: that's amazing it was just all in wow I thought you had started after but now that I know you started Joan uni just have even more respect for you it's crazy it was so how (laughs) did you go about the whole you know fundraising side of things and
1: basically using the four part-time jobs that i had it was funding everything in my life and i was actually sent by my school to beijing To work for a little while, like an internship program there, and then during the the long weekends, I would travel out to Guangzhou and other parts of China to like look for
0: suppliers, oh my gosh, and meet people.
1: So it was pretty cool. Yeah.
0: Uh, What made you want? At what point did you have the idea for the business? And you know, at what point were you like, right? I'm going to start this this brand. I loved going to
1: the beach, so uh, I couldn't find a bikini that I really liked that was in Singapore that is affordable, affordable but not boogie street quality, you know what I mean? Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) You either have boogie street or like the other end. Four hundred dollars. Totally, yeah, I agree.
0: So I decided to make my own. So you just saw a gap in the market really and you're like, I'm gonna make this
1: myself. Interesting, you know, the point the 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 time when I started my own line was also the time when a lot of people started their own swimwear lines. Oh, okay. So at the same time, within the same two months, I think like four brands launched.
0: Wow,
1: that was, that was another struggle. I was gonna
0: say and then so, in terms of marketing, what kind of advice can you give to creative entrepreneurs around, you know, making your brand stand out? Really, because nowadays there's so many startups and so many e-commerce sites. How do you stand out from other brands?
1: Well, one advice I would really give is that if you have no marketing experience, get someone to do it. <laughs>
0: Outsource outsource, outsource,
1: outsource whatever you're not great at. Yeah.
0: So, what was your <laughs> first kind of hire? Not hire, but external help. Was it a designer or? I had a friend um, who
1: was really good at designing, like images, for graphics. For bikinis yeah. or
0: for? Oh, no, yeah. not bikinis. Like the, the, the design, the design branding.
1: of how yeah. it should look like. You know how you should brand yourself mm. and and also on social media as well. So yeah. I think I'm lucky in the sense that I was also on social media by by that time so I know how that whole influencer marketing thing
0: works. works. Yeah, yeah. So
1: I had already already had friends in the industry where I could reach out to. So using relationships. Yeah,
0: absolutely. Pretty far. <laughs> yeah, I think it's just about utilising your network at the end of the day. Like you don't realise how much that helps and you want to work with people who not only have the skills but also are relatable to you and you could easily hire a graphic designer online but if they don't have the same vision and the same style and aesthetics as you then you're not going to be on the same page mm-hmm. right um, so moving on to influence the marketing so you've got over 105k followers which is I'm sure been great to kind of launch um, as like an immediate audience to launch a business to um, what advice would you give to influencers and bloggers with you know the strong following and they want to utilize this and launch their own business and um, what are like some do's and don'ts well I guess on social media it's most important for you
1: to be authentic with yourself so focus on your own personal branding first so because if your own personal branding is in <laughs> If your own personal branding is in a mess, then there is no point for you to launch your own business because then technically your business is linked to the way people perceive you on social, you see.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So you've worked with some really incredible brands, such as like Dyson, Garmin, and Mybina. What do you think brands actually look for um, in an influencer? And how do you get them lining up to kind of collaborate with you, right?
1: I think it's most important. For you to have your own niche, like your own area of strength. So, brands would line up with you if you're very honest with what you post. Mm. So, for example, many, many brands will approach you. And for me, I take only those I truly consume, no matter how generous or tempting the the payment or the offer may be. So,
0: only brands that you would actually use. use. Yeah, yeah.
1: It can be very tempting, but honesty will take you a long, long way.
0: Okay. And, and so with influencer marketing, it's kind of like the new PR approach. Like PR' so not outdated, but with the rise of Instagram and social media, it's completely changed now. and so people are very much like anyone who has a product or a service, like Instagram is literally a free marketing tool to be able to market stuff and you'd be stupid not to use it. Um, so can we just? talk about how to build an Instagram following, but an engaged one. Um, and how do you, I hate to use the word authentic because it's so overused, but how how do you come across as authentic and different, you know?
1: This is very tricky because it's what all of us on social media, on Instagram at least, we're trying to figure out right now. Like the algorithm on Instagram, yeah. Instagram side is always changing. Yeah, totally. It's so hard to keep up and figure out what they're yeah, actually doing. Yeah, what they them. want, yeah. yeah. So um, I think I'm not... And expert on this otherwise I would be like a million in Singapore you know but like I guess I'm still figuring it out but I feel like at the end of the day it's being very very real so in that case for me it's I'm lucky because my followers actually do go for my classes
0: yeah, on day to day basis, passion, yeah.
1: So yeah. they they do meet me and they, they see how real it is, like face to face. What you see me in real life is what you get on social. Yeah. So I think that helps in this whole thing about genuine, like being genuine, being yep, real. Yep,
0: absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Interesting. Um, and so, what was the major transition for you in actually, you know, like starting to make money as an influencer? Do you remember there being like one kind of?
1: this one is super tough I don't <laughs> I don't remember a transition period was all very gradual it just, yeah it just happened I was like wait a minute my brand's contacting me now wow
0: yeah so, it's, it's crazy Yeah. and what about are there any kind of like surprising truths behind influencers who like make it and those that don't I think that then defa- depends
1: on what you define as make it I mean there are Almost everyone is an influencer these days, you know.
0: Yeah. Do you consider 10k an influencer? Or like, I'd say the nano reserve, But I think anything over 100k is pretty much, <laughs> you know, established as an influencer. yeah. And you've got an engaged following as well. I think that's what's it's important. It's
1: engagement. Yeah, like we exactly. all always talking about engagement, but it's so hard to figure out what that yeah, really is.
0: Absolutely. You know, I can.
1: I think for me, on my end, I can only advise that you be really be very honest with what you post, mm. and be very careful with what you post as well careful in the sense that you know there's no point for example to show a lot of skin all the time. Yeah. That's not going to get you an engaged following of the right profile.
0: You just get a lot of men <laughs> a lot of,
1: like anonymous profiles <laughs> with like like no profile picture. No <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> and like zero <laughs> I, I think yeah. Instagram have actually deleted like those inactive profiles. Now did you see that in the news recently? I think so but it's still they hard. They did a mass like, yeah. Like, like detox on Instagram yeah. for inactive But profiles. I think there is
1: this robot thing going on. They just... Yeah,
0: or the bots and stuff. Yeah. No, I agree. <laughs> I think I think it's important. I actually really have a lot of like massive respect for profiles which have long captions and actually, you know, not just posting like the generic basic caption, but have long captions which have a bit of a story and, and meaning, a meeting, and yeah. um, informative and engaging, you know? And I think you do that really well, so, um, yeah. Uh, So just moving on to uh, fitness, you know, because you are an avid fitness (laughs) lover and I'm sitting here with you right now in a coffee shop and you're in fitness gear, you know, Um, and like I honestly think having some sort of fitness that I usually work out for my mental state, I guess I'm quite lucky I'm actually thin, but I think I, what I really need in my, when I work out is because of my mental state and it helps me to clear my mind and it keeps me sane. Um, and so, how many times a week do you actually work out? You want to make a guess? You're going to sit every day, aren't you? Or like twice a day? <laughs> Three times a day? Yeah, I do it about 18 times a week.
1: 18 but times? Most a of week. it's because of my job, you see. Yeah. I teach like at least fifteen to sixteen a week. Wow. And then two of it will be on my own. Yeah.
0: Yeah, that's crazy. How many times a week would you advise the average human <laughs> to, to work um, out? Four
1: or five is enough. It's more than enough.
0: Yeah, okay. Yeah. <laughs> um, what's your morning routine like? Are you usually teaching morning classes or
1: really depends, but most of the time, I do get like an equal share. So, first half of the week, probably I'll do mo- early morning classes as early as seven a.m. Seven a.m. meaning I get to the studio at six twenty a.m. Yeah,
0: so wow, that's how early you get. Are you an early bird? Would you say?
1: I'm not, but I can be. <laughs> 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 I guess when you're in the work mode, it just it just comes. If you're not working, <laughs> would you wake up early? No, <laughs> no. I will probably wake up naturally at about nine. Okay. Not not five for sure.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's true. And what is your morning routine? Do you have one?
1: I can make it sound beautiful. Like I wake up and then I make breakfast and I eat. But no, I crawl out of bed like everyone else.
0: <laughs> oh, God.
1: And then I try my best to get out of the house as fast as I can, grab whatever I have. Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. You know, and then
1: my day starts there. After my first workout of the day, then I get my engine started.
0: Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's good. Um, I've started working out more in the mornings now and I feel like, I just feel instantly better. So by the end of the day, in my willpower it's just like at the bottom and I, the last thing I want to do is work out let alone you know do anything else um, so diet wise I just want to talk about eating clean because you've got like such good skin you know and I think diet plays a big part and it has to be in conjunction with fitness right um, tell us about your um, your day-to-day kind of diet before I started working out at this intensity I was
1: very conscious of what I ate. I ate super clean like I'm talking about chicken breast and just like boiled broccoli and yeah, yeah. vegetables um, but right now because of the intensity intensity that I'm working out and I started to lose a little weight because I was eating too clean. You see, So because of this intensity I started to eat a variety of different different things so I don't restrict myself to just chicken breast I do variety but the thing is I still stick to one key rule for myself which is that I don't eat junk food so I'm not a fan of soft yeah. drinks I'm not a fan of like
0: yeah, fried so. I'm not a fan of chips I don't snack very much yeah I think that's the key when you say junk food, you mean like no chocolate, no crisps, no sweets? Chocolate's okay. Oh my god, there's <laughs> a lot. Potato that chips, like, I, don't, I, don't I don't take potato chips. Okay. I
1: don't remember the last time I did that.
0: <laughs> really? Wow. Yeah. So do you eat out a lot or not really? Do you kind of?
1: I'm always on the go, so I eat out a lot. But usually it will still be at places that serve like, like chicken rice. Kind of healthy, yeah. like pretty healthy.
0: Because that's what I find I really struggle with is how do you, like when you've got such a busy schedule and you don't have time to food prep, how you know how do you incorporate eating out and being healthy i find that quite hard yeah, but there are a lot
1: of healthy options out there right now the only thing is that healthy food seems to be more expensive than yeah. like normal food yeah, yeah
0: yeah but i guess you've got to see it as like an investment in your health right yeah. in the long term that's what i think about i think i remember reading a quote somewhere and it was like treat your body as if you were to keep it for a hundred years and it's just like stuck with me ever since that's, that's and a nice that, one yeah it's, it's nice isn't it and i think about that's it and i'm like when I want to reach for the extra you know, chocolate bar, I'm like, wait, no, I want to lift to <laughs> 100. So what know? do you think about? Well, uh, yeah, it's just stuck in my mind. It's weird. Um, so speaking of like taking care of your body, how do you take care of your mind in the same way? Because I think this is a really, really important topic. And I know there's been a lot of um, awareness around mental health, but I still think a lot of people think it's like fluff and it's not important. And, Just from my experience, and speaking to a lot of other creative entrepreneurs, there's this thing called overburn, and especially when you've got your own business, it's like your baby, and you're excited to work on it, you know, when it's your own, you don't really see the boundaries between doing a nine to five, and sometimes you just get so addicted to working that you don't realize when you need to take breaks, and so this causes overwork, overburn, stressing. how do you take care of your mind? What tools would you use to kind of, you know, make sure you're not overworking?
1: I believe that the mind can be trained. So I make it a point to be very aware of the way I react to different situations. So mm. when I'm anxious, how do I react? When, I, when something bad happens, how do I react? You know, and, and over time you start to realize that you, you train yourself to think of the positive things in every single situation. Yeah,
0: yeah.
1: And then I've done it for, for years now and then now I realize that I can see everything, I can see a good in everything that happens. Yeah, yeah.
0: Absolutely. Like even if I lose like
1: a thousand, two thousand dollars in an investment, I can see something positive in it.
0: Absolutely, it's yeah. a mentality, isn't yeah. it? And it uh, makes me a happier person. Talk us through the process of adopting that mentality, because you know, in theory it sounds easy, but like for me, I very much, I think like that too, but it was a long process for me to adopt that, like talk us through the process of how you came to that. You know mentality.
1: Wow. Okay, I was just very, I was just always very stressed out about little things that happened and then I think I came across this quote that said, you know, you can either look at a glass that's half filled or half empty. Yeah. You know, and then I, I figured, I don't remember what exactly happened that made me wanted to change the way I started to perceive things. So... I don't know, man. It's just a, it's just a whole training process of every single time something happens and I'm not happy about it. I will question myself. So what are you unhappy about? Is this really worth some, worth like your anger, for example? Yeah. Then if it's a no, then can you find one good thing about this situation? One good thing. And then when you force yourself to think about one good thing, you realize that hey, it's not that bad after all. Yeah. Or maybe you can not start with situations. Easily, you can start with your day so throughout the whole day could be bad could be great think of one great thing to be thankful about Mm -hmm. and it can take you a long way
0: so i guess it's just becoming more conscious of your own thoughts and yeah Yeah. i love that for sure and so my next question is when it comes to you know controlling the mind and and the way you think how do you i mean everyone has those days where you just feel like you want to stay in bed and you know, you have self-doubt and you have fear. Like some days I literally feel like I'm on top of the world and I can like conquer anything. And then some days I'm like an absolute mess. I'm like totally fearful and, and full of self-doubt. Um, and I'm sure you like many other people have those days. What, what do you do to kind of, how, how do you tackle those days? I feel like I'm a little bit more harsh on myself. Harsh
1: in the sense that I am very aware of the, the facts of life. So it may sound crude when I say this, but when I feel really downed or I feel like I don't want to move, I allow myself to take breaks. But then I will ask myself this question: like, no one is going to walk out of this life alive anyway. So might as well make the best of it. What are you afraid of? Why
0: don't you?
1: No. What are you afraid of? You're not going to walk out of it alive anyway. Eventually, you know it's it's crude, but yeah, yeah, you've
0: got one life. You may as well make the most of it, right? So cry, cry, and then move on. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, yeah definitely hard. it's a bit crazy, Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> i feel like i'm a bit like you though i'm really hard on myself and my friends and family who know me are always like Carmen, you're so hard on yourself but i was like if i'm not hard on myself who's gonna be yeah. you know and that's what it's like a blessing and a curse because mm. i put a lot of pressure on myself but also it's a thing that drives me and pushes me and it's like Carmen, you can do better there's more to give i never ever want to leave this earth thinking i could have given more yeah you know oh, what if yeah, what if? I think that's honestly like my biggest nightmare, like getting to heaven and God being like, you could have done so much more, right? you know, <laughs> or like seeing yourself and like all your fullest potential and never ever achieving that. That's, um, but then again,
1: striking a balance to yeah, exactly. know when to, when to make yourself slow down.
0: Yeah, exactly. It's constant. Yeah. Trade off, isn't it? We're all trying. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> trying. Um, so, what do you like, What do you envision yourself? Because you're incredibly young, and you've achieved so many amazing things, and you're so driven and ambitious. And it's just like it's really inspiring to hear your story and see, um, you know, you've got this like fireball inside of you at such a young age. So, like, what do you envision for yourself for like the next five years, and what kind of impact of society and culture do you think you want to bring? Well,
1: I think in five years I will still be doing something I completely love. That's something that I'm very conscious about. It could shift in five years. Maybe I'm not doing the same thing as I am doing now anymore. But in five years it would be even better. Uh, this time with the capacity, with to multiply my blessings to more people. So for mm. example, right now I'm doing what I'm doing. I can bless one person, mm. but in five years maybe I could bless like hundred more.
0: Yeah, I love that. And. If you could give one piece of advice to the next generation, what would it be?
1: Mm, If it scares the crap out of you and you can't
0: stop thinking about it, I suggest you go get it done. (laughs) I love that. I've heard that before. I love that too. So just a couple of more questions before we wrap up now. What would you say success means to you? How do you define success?
1: It used to be happiness, but now I think it's happiness and having the ability to share this blessing with someone else.
0: So i think happiness i was having this conversation with someone the other day and happiness is such a constant state i don't think you could ever be con you know yep. forever happy so it's such a bad i guess measurement or medium to stand by you know like you're gonna have days where you don't feel yep. happy and days where you feel really happy and it's just about i don't think happiness is the time it's not a good yeah it's not a very anywhere. good measurement yeah i agree um, And so what would you say is one philosophy that you live by, if any? I just feel like
1: people will always advise you on how things should be done, but you can always take it with a pinch of salt because that's how they have done it in their own life, you see. So experience life on your own terms.
0: It's so funny, it's like when you're asking for relationship advice and you ask all your friends who are single. (laughs) Who happen to be single <laughs> no but not even single <laughs> but like friends who are in relationships like they're only tell you through yeah, their own experience everyone feels different right yeah. and what they've been through and the relationships that they've experienced and so that's not right or wrong but at the same time you need to do what's right for you and one thing i've realized in relationships is like no one ever knows what you have between one other guy you know one other guy one other girl or no one can see that apart from you two so uh, yeah, I, I definitely agree with you that. You agree with I that? Agree. Yeah, totally. Um, so, last question. What is one, one book you would give to others? The Bible. Oh my God! You're actually the, the Bible. You're like the third person really? who has recommended this to me, like <laughs> recently in all the interviews that I've been doing. Oh, is it a sign? <laughs> I think it might be a sign. That's really interesting. The Bible. Why, why would you say the Bible? Yeah, it helped me very much.
1: I mean, I was not into religion. I never believed in this.
0: Yeah, a year ago. Really? Wow. No, I would just say,
1: you realised everything was a year ago. That was when my life changed. Wow. When this Bible happened.
0: It's really interesting because well, I became a Christian back in 2017. So it's been longer than a year, but yeah, totally had a very transformational story yeah. um, of which I won't share on her, but yeah, right. it's been completely life-changing. So mm-hmm. yeah, it's really interesting for our listeners who are kind of interested in the Bible like where would they even start like because it's not a book you just pick up right and to read where where did you start
1: I was very fortunate to meet people who gave me it's not the entire Bible but like I think it was from a particular church they have a little booklet that's like easy to read Bible right right step one you know a, a step one guide yeah like so based on your emotions step. so if you're feeling a little bit down today yeah to that page and then
0: yeah, you get yeah, there. I love that yeah I have that in the front of my Bible it's like how do you feel today today yeah. I'm feeling stressed or today I'm feeling I don't know and very then you go faithful. to page- yeah and you go to the same scripture yeah. and it actually tells you how to like it's like super encouraging you know yeah I love that because I think the Bible can be so com- it's so complex and you can't read it like a normal book so yeah absolutely amazing well thank you so much for sharing your story today thank you <laughs> is there anything else you want to share
1: No, just just you guys, just go live your life, do whatever the hell you want.
0: Yeah, I love that. (laughs) No regrets. And if our listeners want to find you, where can they find you?
1: You can check me out on Instagram, I guess. Uh, My Instagram handle is at I-M-J-I-A-E-N.
0: Okay, amazing. And I'll put all the details on the show notes as well, so people can find you um, and link you up. again thank you so much for being on the show thank you Um, yeah we're just gonna wrap it up now okay (laughs) thanks (laughs) bye (laughs) bye